This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 on Wednesday afternoon, April 27th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. Your credit score could have a major impact on your financial bottom line. We'll discuss ways to improve it in our next segment. But right now, the report on pending home sales is out as financial analysts weigh the possibility of a recession. We're joined by Peter Cardillo, Chief Market Economist with Spartan Capital Securities based in New York. Peter, thank Thanks for joining us today. Pending home sales uh, fall by 1.2% in the month of March, and that seems to line up with concerns about rising mortgage rates and low inventory. That's correct. You know, the uh, spring housing market uh, certainly got off to an, uh, uh, an ugly start. And, uh, of course, uh, with the um, rate fact, with, the inter- with interest rates continuing to move higher, uh, obviously, uh, this could be the beginning of a crack in the housing sector. Um, certainly, uh, demand is beginning to weaken, even though supplies uh, are still rather tight. But nevertheless, um, this could be the first indication that uh, we are headed for a housing market correction and certainly a drag on the general economy. And let's talk about the general economy. Uh, Goldman Sachs saying today that the U.S. economy was likely to dodge a recession despite the uh, monetary policy, uh, raising interest rate, tightening the money supply. And Goldman thinks so. Everyone talks about the soft landing and that maybe the Fed could pull it off. I I don't subscribe to that. Um, I think the Fed has got themselves into a bind. uh, And, you know, they uh, just uh, misread inflation. Uh, and they were very dovish for a long time, and they uh, kept their feet on the pedal and continued to uh, pump money into the economy. And now, all of a sudden, they've made a sharp turn, and they're overly um, uh, overly uh, 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 bearish in the sense that uh, they're overly hawkish. And that uh, simply means that the Fed uh, is, has, has a tough fight uh, in, in fighting inflation. And I suspect that that tough fight in inflation is going to send the U.S. economy into a mild recession. I'm not looking for anything of a severe nature, but certainly a mild recession. I mean, it could also be just the on-paper recession where the economy contracts, according to uh, statistically, but uh, if... You know, they always say the definition of a recession is when your neighbor gets fired. If you don't really notice any major differences in the job market or layoffs or anything like that, uh, it's just a structural recession and not a psychological one. That's that's uh, that's true. But, you know, uh, again, I I think that, um, uh, like I said, there are there are definitely signs that 
some indicators are beginning to weaken. Now, uh, let's, say, let's understand each other that there are, most of the macro indicators are still uh, quite strong. And, you know, uh, speaking about that, we'll get a glimpse of uh, how the economy did in the first quarter of this year. And um, I'm a little bit on the high side. I'm looking for about 2.4% 2, 2, uh, 2. Uh, percentage GDP, uh, which is a little bit on the high side. High side, And, of course, that's a fairly uh, substantial drop from the fourth quarter of 2021. Peter Cardillo, Chief Market Economist with Spartan Capital Securities, based in New York. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up, ways to improve your credit score. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Hey, it's Personal Finance Wednesday. In this segment, the focus is on credit score and ways you can push it higher. Let's tap the expertise of Ted Rossman, industry analyst with CreditCards.com based in New York. Ted, thanks for joining us today. Let's begin by establishing a baseline. What is the average credit score in the U.S.? 711, which is actually pretty good. Generally, I say, that's not bad at all. Yeah, we talk about good credit being between, say, 670 and 739, and then 740 and above. The scale goes up to 850, of course. Uh, but 740 and above is really excellent, and that's going to get you the best term. So, yeah, most people are doing pretty well. Now, there are some uh, kind of basic ways that you can uh, build up your credit score, and a lot of them uh, involve uh, paying off your credit card debts or, or, or getting uh, different types of credit cards that uh, build your credit score. But there was one thing that I thought was very interesting on the list of suggestions, and that is just simply ask for a higher credit limit. What does that do to benefit your credit score? And how can you do it in a way that you don't get dinged? It factors into the second largest category in the FICO credit scoring formula, which is how much you owe. And that in total is 30% of your score. A part of this category is your credit utilization ratio, how much credit you're using divided by credit available to you, especially on revolving accounts like credit cards. So if you think of it this way, like if you have $3,000 in credit card debt out of a limit of 5,000, you're using 60% of that available credit. That's pretty high. But if you get a credit limit increase and now you owe 3,000 out of a $10,000 limit, that's a 30% utilization ratio. Many issuers will raise your limit without a hard inquiry that trims a few points off your credit score temporarily. Um, so especially if you can do this with a soft inquiry, I've actually done it myself with companies like Capital One, American Express, Wells Fargo. In my experience, all of those were soft inquiries. So no harm, no foul. It doesn't hurt to ask. And how much of a drag on your credit score is carrying a credit card balance month over month? The credit scoring formulas actually don't really distinguish between what's truly debt, as in money accruing interest, versus what's just a statement balance that gets paid in full. So that's actually a good tip that even if you pay in full, which we want you to do to avoid those high credit card interest rates, you may actually have high utilization even if you pay in full. So the fix there is either the higher limit or maybe make a couple of additional payments during the month. You knock that statement balance down before it comes out. 
Um, because really, from a credit scoring standpoint, it's all about what that statement shows. Ted Rossman, industry analyst with CreditCards.com, based in New York. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next, Chicago-based Boeing comes up short in the first quarter of the year. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Chicago-based Boeing has posted its first quarter results. Let's break them down with the help of Brian Langenberg, principal and industrial strategist, Langenberg & Company, based in Chicago. Brian, thanks for joining us today. And uh, based on that first quarter result, it sounds like things are tough all over at Randolph and the Chicago River. Well, there are things that happen to you and there are things that you do to yourself. You know, what's happening to them? You know, I think three months ago, nobody saw a Russian cruiser at the bottom of the Black Sea. You didn't see a war coming on. You didn't see China with a complete clampdown. Those are the things that Boeing does not control. Um, And nor do they totally control the supply chain issues as a result with uh, titanium being cut off from Russia and it impacting their supply chain. However, as you see by the price of Boeing, it's not just a it's not just the macro. Uh, the reality is that they had to speak through, you know, multiple challenges that they have going on. The fact that their cash is down about $12 billion and they, they like to have at least $10 billion to run the business. And when you start having people that have followed you for decades asking if you remember how to build aircraft on an earnings call, that's a problem. So there's a real cloud right now over the company. And this is um, a good amount of this is self-inflicted. Is that a thing that actually happened? Um I'm obviously making up the specific words on my own, but okay. The question was asked by an engineering-oriented competitor about the whole state of the internal engineering program. Do they need to reorganize it with issues across multiple programs? I mean, let's so, talk about engineers. Don't say it that way. Well, let's but, talk about some ahead. of the, the internal woes and the airplane making woes, and that is uh, they paused uh, the triple seven X production and deliveries may not happen until twenty twenty five. On the other hand, it's ramping up the seven thirty seven Max output after that plane was grounded for nearly two years, and then yep. uh, they're also having some problems uh, when it comes to uh, building the new Air Force One. Um, well, yeah, Air Force One is by definition what I would call you know very low. It's a very low-rate production, right? And um, it wouldn't shock me. I, I wouldn't blame that on them, okay? And it's not going to be a major driver just because it's a one-off or a two-off. But let's go to the 737, the 777. With the 777, you know, the biggest thing is nobody needs it right now because the big lever for commercial aerospace is this. Domestic travel through most of the world is just about back to or pretty close to you know, pre-pandemic levels. Um, if you look at Sherpa, it's a nice little website to see which countries will let you in. And pretty much it's most of the countries that aren't shooting at each other. Okay. Um, so, you know, 737 demand, not a problem. But the big lever for the whole industry this year in terms of recovering demand, the thing that gets Boeing from, you know, a trough of $20 billion in commercial revenue to back to $60 billion is recovering travel in Asia Pacific. And when you have China locking down massive parts of it, the country, that's just going to have an impact. Very quickly, your recommendation on Boeing stock? Well, I, I initiated coverage um, a month ago formally with a buy at 174. You can get it 10% cheaper today. If you have a near, if you, if you need the near term to work for you, you know maybe not. It could go a little bit lower, but this was a $350 stock at one point in time. Um, I think the long term case is pretty um, compelling.
Brian Langenberg, Principal and Industrial Strategist, Langenberg & Company, based in Chicago. Still ahead in Personal Finance Wednesday, discussing philosophy on money before marriage. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon, I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. An American held in Russia coming home in a prisoner swap. The details coming up in a special report from CBS News. It's Personal Finance Wednesday. Couples getting married need to make sure they're on the same page when it comes to money. And the Lightfoot administration is seeking upfront money from the finalists for a city casino. WBBM Business, the markets are higher. The Dow is up 358 points. The NASDAQ is up 136. And the S&P 500 is up 51. Oil down just slightly, now trading at $100.66 a barrel. AccuWeather forecast for today. Some sunshine followed by increasing clouds, brisk and quite chilly. A high of 43, closer to 40 along the lakefront. Then tonight, cloudy and cold with a brief shower or two and a low of 35. Tomorrow, cloudy and chilly, a shower in spots and a high of 48. Right now, we have 40 degrees at O'Hare, partly sunny skies, 42 at Midway, 36 at the lakefront at 1231. CBS News Special Report. Russia has pulled off a prisoner swap with Washington involving a Marine veteran. CBS's Stephen Portnoy has the latest now from the White House. Russia releases former Marine Trevor Reed, sentenced to nine years in prison for allegedly assaulting police during a night of drinking. Reed's parents and sister issued a statement thanking President Biden for his kindness and consideration, saying the prisoner swap, quote, may have saved Trevor's life. The veteran's life was exchanged for a convicted drug trafficker. Former CBS Moscow Bureau Chief Beth Noble has more details. Reed was exchanged for a Russian pilot, Konstantin Yaroshenko, who's been serving a 20-year sentence for conspiracy to smuggle drugs into the U.S. The Russian government has been trying to gain Yaroshenko's freedom since his arrest in 2010. But the U.S. has been reluctant to exchange him because it considers Yaroshenko to be an experienced international drug trafficker. 
CBS News Special Report. I'm Monica Ricks. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are gaining ground. We're joined by Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer with Crescent Capital based in Chicago. Jack, thanks for joining us today. Uh, the markets have uh, clawed back some of the losses, at least half of the losses from uh, yesterday's trading session. What is the cause of the volatility this week outside of uh, the, the normal plot lines for 2022 so far? Yeah, I think there are a a number of worries that are on investors' minds. Certainly, um, it's obviously a more aggressive Fed with tighter financial conditions. It's also uh, some concern that the uh, higher interest rates could potentially cause a recession sometime over the next four quarters. And then we've got earnings, uh, which have not been stellar, uh, and that's prompting uh, investors to recalibrate some of their profit expectations for the year. Goldman Sachs uh, anticipates uh, that uh, there will be an aggressive Fed, but it's not going to tip the economy into recession. And it's uh, forecasting a fairly robust growth, or what would have been robust growth uh, prior to the pandemic. Do you buy that assessment? And are investors, are they buying that assessment today? Yeah, I would say um, it is somewhat of a rosy uh, uh, outlook, uh, given the uh, extent to which the Fed will likely need to raise short-term interest rates. Uh, and even if they don't get to that number, then something would have caused them not to get to that number, and it's likely going to be deteriorating growth. You know, remarkably, um, Rob, we're already starting to see weakness, uh, not just in the housing market, obviously, with homeowner or prospective buyers faced with 5% mortgages, but we're seeing trucking volumes decline and some of the import volumes decline as well. Now, if, if, if the issue is inflation and inflation driven by uh, consumers having an awful lot of money to spend uh, all at the same time, do you look at these slowdowns in various sectors and trucking and in housing uh, kind of uh, an essential relief valve or is it cause for concern? I view it as a relief valve. Uh, I actually think that um, uh, inflation, with a little bit of the heads, uh, the Fed's help, will likely head lower toward the end of the year. I, I think we've likely seen the peak uh, of inflation in the March report. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to, to see what, what you know happens uh, next month when we get the April number. But um, uh, yeah, I think things will gradually head lower. The question is, unfortunately, the economic backdrop is is uh, falling off as well, and that's part of the reason why I think we're going to see some release of pressure on the pricing side. Well, I'm going to I'm going to bring out a term uh, that was uh, used. Uh overused, quite frankly, in the year 2020, which is unprecedented times. And uh, the economy at this moment, uh, there's a great deal of growth. There's a great deal of money still on the sidelines. The consumer still has a, a, a very substantial base from which to draw to make all of their spending decisions. But you have all of these external factors that are weighing down on it. You have inflation. You have monetary policy. You have conflict abroad. Is there any other point in American history where the U.S. economy economy was uh, being hit by so many external factors at the same time? Boy, you know, it's hard to go back and, and look at it that way. But if you think about the, 
you know, the oil embargo in the early 70s, uh, which really prompted double-digit unemployment and double-digit inflation, um, I think that that uh, economic uh, backdrop was really, really challenging because it was very difficult, at least you know, the, uh, we're going into a tightening cycle with a running head start. Uh, back in the late 70s, uh, the, the economy was pretty weak already, and uh, Chairman Volcker had to ratchet up overnight rates to over 20%. So, yeah, I would say that was challenging, and I was, uh, you know, just starting out in my career. It was definitely trial by fire uh, as I uh, entered the investment markets in two, uh, 1982. Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer, Crescent Capital, based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next in Personal Finance Wednesday, making sure couples have financial compatibility. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. See, it's Personal Finance Wednesday, sponsored by Thrivent. Wedding season just around the corner, and couples getting married will be well served to discuss money philosophy before they tie the knot. Let's get some help from Chris Everett, financial planner and president of Everett Wedding. Health Solutions in Forest Park and author of the book, The Prescription for a Healthy Retirement. Chris, man, this takes me back a little over uh, 10 years ago. Uh, you're making all those plans for the wedding. You're talking about the venue, who you'll invite, where you're going on your honeymoon, the, the dress, the tuxedo, all the fun elements of the wedding. And then you have the discussion, uh, should we merge our bank accounts uh, after we get married? And that's when things get interesting. So Chris, what is your advice uh, to people who may be uh, planning a wedding right now and may not be thinking about their financial advice or their, their financial future uh, once the honeymoon's over and they start their lives together? Well, happy Wednesday, Rob. I mean, they really need to slow down a little bit. I mean, I I get it that you're in the throes of all that party planning. But one of the things that we've seen over the many years that we've been doing this is that people bring sometimes, oftentimes, conflicting head trash to the conversation about money. You know, maybe over over their lifetime or the way they were raised, they bought into some some common knowledge traps, if I could put it that way, you know, beliefs that just basically aren't true. So if we could stop them long enough so that they could open up their financial kimono to each other, not only about the stuff that they have or the amount of money that they're making, but how they think about it, how they were raised about it, because then we can put together emerging of those minds so that they could walk into their future successfully. What are some uh, financial fallacies that people hold on to that uh, uh, could prove to be kind of bumpy along the way? Well, sometimes people grow up with a lot of money, but they never know how to manage it. The opposite could be true. You grew up in a family that had to watch every penny just to make ends meet. I mean, if you're coming together to get married with those two very, very different mindsets, there's going to be money disagreements, right? And then are, are, is, is the big uh, showstopper or, or that, that you have encountered, is it the debate over merging bank accounts and sharing a checking account and sharing a credit card so that one person can see the other's purchases? You know, if we could get them to understand how to blend, then they'll blend. You know, but we have people that come pre-marriage, post-marriage, and then it's uh, just, you know, getting them to that place. Because if you're committed to this marriage, let's go all in. Let's make it work. 
I find that the couples that keep separate accounts, uh, that's not to say they're not committed, but there is some holdback. There may be a good reason for it. I'm not saying in all situations you shouldn't have separate accounts, but for the most part, you're better off blending. Well, I mean, there, there was a whole plot line to a Mad Men episode about uh, pitching a, a financial product for the secret bank account for the husband in the 1960s. So there is a certain kind of whiff of secretiveness around uh, keeping separate accounts that, like you said, you have to have a really good reason for why you're doing it. And then when two people get married, they also come in with multiple credit cards, and maybe you have four or five credit cards now under one household, do you cut them off or do you just stop using them and just keep them there so it doesn't adversely affect your credit score? Yeah, that's part of the same, you know, head trash, common knowledge trap stuff. So they really need to take a close look at everything that they're doing and then assess, you know, if this credit card's any good or not. You know, if their credit's good, why not swap out those high interest credit cards for a 0% card? You know, just then every dime that they put into that credit card payment helps them to pay off their debt sooner. It's just a question of really looking at everything first. Chris Everett, financial planner and president of Everett Wealth Solutions based in Forest Park and author of the book, The Prescription for a Healthy Retirement. Join us this time tomorrow for Technology Thursday and still to come, an update on the competition for a casino in Chicago. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The Lightfoot administration is looking for upfront cash from the finalists for a casino in Chicago. Let's get the details from Greg Hines, columnist, Crane Chicago Business. Greg, thanks for joining us today. I uh, see Mayor Lori Lightfoot uh, maybe in a 1920s uh, zoot suit uh, shuffling some cards and going up to the uh, three (laughs) casino finalists and saying, so you really want to build that casino in Chicago, huh? Well, go get the checkbook. What does this $75 million upfront cost do uh, as far as uh, these three finalists are concerned? Well, it certainly it raises the ante literally, uh, but you can't blame the mayor. If there's anything better than a payday, it's an early payday. The city has financial needs. Uh, he has budget problems to fix and his pension holds to fill. And the mayor would like to get to some of this money up early, so I am told, and the city hasn't denied, that they have requested that the bidders... Uh, promise to give an advance payment of up to 75 million bucks if they get the award. And it's also probably from the city's perspective, too. It's trying to see uh, who's really serious about uh, getting this done. Oh, there's no question about it. Um, the question is whether this uh, is too big of an ask. Um, right now, there's no indication that any of the companies are going to back off and say, no, we're not going to do it. Um, so good for her. She can get the money. That's her job. Is this uh, kind of a standard operating procedure for a uh, big city trying to land a casino? Because uh, other cities used a, a land-based casino as part of a downtown uh, renovation effort or, or a, a way of attracting businesses and tourists back into a central business district that may not uh, be uh, as popular as it once was. And do other cities like, say, uh, Detroit, for example, uh, ask for that type of upfront money, or is this a a Chicago thing? Uh, I'm told that it is not uncommon to do this. I don't know that anything is uh, universal. These uh, casino competitions all seem to uh, vary a little bit, depending on the exact location. It would certainly not be the first 
chief executive to do that. Greg Hines, columnist, Crane Chicago Business. Thanks for joining us this afternoon with the update on the uh, Chicago Casino finalists and the $75 million cash upfront uh, request of uh, whoever gets it. If you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our stream and just skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.